0: Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I posted on Instagram yesterday and I said, you get in life what you have the courage to ask for. And I think it's so true. comes down to that. So I'm curious, what would you ask for if you didn't have to be practical? If you didn't have to be realistic, what do you want? I would love you to ask yourself that question, and then have the courage to put it on out there. And I'd love to hear what you want. So if you want, you can comment on my Instagram post that I did yesterday, because I'd love to hear what it is that you personally want. And I want to let you know something that I want. What I want right now, one of the things is to Really serve you and to know how to serve you more. I love coaching and I love helping you guys really get momentum because you do have so many good ideas. You just need momentum. You just need to get out of your own way. You need some clarity on what action to take. You need a plan and then you need to just get into action. So I have two things going on. The first is a membership. It's called the inspired action pack. This is going to help you dive in and gain that momentum from outreach tactics, mindset shifts, scaling your audience and connecting with your customer. This program is going to include a monthly group coaching call with me, a challenge assignment every month, a private Facebook community and some videos. Members will also get perks, for instance, a 50% discount to our signature two-day in-person workshop called Made to Do It. You can take advantage of the founding member price of just $59 a month. If you want more detail, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, The price will go up to $79 a month in 2020. So you guys can reserve your spot and we will begin in November. So if you want something like that, um, definitely take a look. Also, we're going to be doing the Rocket Launch Lab. It's a five-week in-depth workshop to launch, scale, and grow the dream business. Whether you already have the idea and you just want to refine it and grow it, or you really want to pinpoint the idea and and scale it, you're going to be taken through my Four step action plan, which is create, test, validate, and sell your offer. This is a project-based intensive with weekly Zoom calls, accountability groups, and more. My team and I will be there to keep you working smart and taking that messy inspired action. You can hold your spot now and you'll be granted the founding member price um, because the doors will open in January and the price will go up. So if you want information on that, you can um, also find a link in the show notes. Do either of those programs feel like a fit? That is what I want to know because I want to just show up for you. So if you have any feedback on what you want, if either of those feels good, then go ahead and reserve your spot. Thank you for being part of this journey. I do feel like together we are continuing to make such huge waves in the world and I want to work with you guys more and help you even more. I do want to let you know that I am doing a retreat at my house November 3rd and 4th and there are six spots left and we are capping this at 15 people. So if you would like to join me and sit with me for two powerful days to really have a transformation and a breakthrough, then send me a DM or email me because we would love to have you. Okay. So on today's episode, we have the delightful Jacqueline Malone. She's a coach, a speaker, an entrepreneur, a podcaster, and the founder of GoToGal. Jacqueline has built a super successful career by helping people get out of their own way and take their seat at the table and really step into being the authority in whatever it is that they love. She's also the go-to gal when it comes to revamping your business plans, scaling your passion project, and just getting dream clients and the right opportunities to land in your lap. You are going to love her amazing podcast, Go-To Gal, where she gives her insights on building a profitable personal brand. Plus, she shares coaching calls and great interviews with guests like the awesome human beings Jill Stanton, Laura Belgray, Ruth Sukup, and me. I was actually on her show. I love being a guest on her podcast, so definitely go ahead and check out that episode too. Jacqueline has been featured in Entrepreneur, Yahoo Finance, Reader's Digest, and dozens of podcasts and radio appearances. She oozes with so much joy and so much positivity. I know you're going to get so much from listening to what she has to say. And guess what? I'm taking Evan's advice from last week and recording these podcasts now on video. So we're going to have the full version of this conversation up on YouTube, and you can find a link to that in the show notes. All right. Without further ado, please welcome the lovely Jacqueline Malone. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, this is so great. I loved being on your show. Like You have that yummy, 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 yummy energy. So I want to dive in. I'm going to start with your podcast. So tell us about your podcast, go to gal. Tell us, why you started it and what this whole podcast is about. And then we're going to dive into some of the wisdom in it.
1: Yes. So I have actually been podcasting for almost four years now, but GoToGal is still relatively new. So it launched in January of this year. And my mission for GoToGal is, so in the next 10 years... More than 50% of the workforce just in the U.S. is going to be, quote unquote, freelancers. Our economy is shifting so much. I look at this as actually an incredible opportunity that myself and my clients have already tapped into. And that is not just being a freelancer, but taking this incredible opportunity to have your own business and position yourself as that go-to authority or as I like to say the go-to gal in your space where you can charge what you want. People are coming to you because they see you as that expert and with that you're able to create your own schedule, do what you want to do, and just create this whole life that is designed exactly the way you want it. It's
0: so good. It's so inspiring Because not only is the job market saturated, but we have machines that can do so many things. And someone recently said to me, but you know what can't be replaced is creativity and passion and vision, right? Now I want to sort of dig into this a little bit because I know people are listening to you and they're thinking that's scary, it's exciting, but I'm not a standout at anything. How do I begin to even understand that I might be really the go-to anything? Like Where do we start to go with that so that we can maybe find some of those
1: treasures? Well, here's the scary thing. You have to be vulnerable and willing to fail, willing to try and fail. Because sitting in your living room thinking about this for the next six months or the next six years is not going to get you any closer to that answer. The clarity is going to come from the action and taking action means you're going to mess up. You're going to fail. You're going to fall on your face. You're going to learn so much, but those are going to lead you to where you want to go. You have permission (laughs) to pivot. I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on, I'm going to start something and this has to be it. 100%. But that never happens, right? Ever. Like you, nobody, nobody ends where they start in fact I think that's probably a bad thing if you end where you start right yeah. so having that permission to try and pivot and especially when it comes to to becoming an authority on something or becoming a go-to gal people are a little bit afraid it's like well I have to niche down or to have an expertise and what if I get known okay this happened to me too so we can even talk about this I was known for Instagram for a period of time and that was something I actually never set out to do. And it was not something I wanted to do long term either. But there is this incredible thing called the halo effect that we can use to our advantage. This is a cognitive bias. I'm not going to get all sciency on you here. But essentially, it's once someone sees you as something as a nice person, as an expert, as an authority, whatever that is, they are more likely to see you through that lens with other things. So once you are known as an Instagram expert, someone is more likely to see you as now an authority expert in my case or whatever that is, right? So getting known for something actually doesn't give you a disadvantage. If you want to pivot down the road, it gives you an advantage because people already look at you through that authority lens.
0: Wow. That's really fascinating. And you're absolutely right. I can't actually think of anyone who's been on the show who started and wound up where they started. It's always a journey. Now I want to take this sort of where we're at and meet people where they're at with two things. We're going to do two pieces. First piece is people are going to say, great, I got it. So where do I begin? Which thing do I choose? 71% of our audience, when we surveyed them said, I don't know what my passion project is. I just know I want to live life on my terms and I don't like the day job that I have, but I have like four things that it could possibly be. How do I know which one that thing is?
1: Well, a lot of times it's the thing that people come to you for the most. Now, I say that with a lot of caution because sometimes there's something that you really want to do or that you see in yourself that you haven't shared with other people, so they may not know to come to you for that. But I'll share a little bit of how I got started because I think this may help connect some dots for people. So when I first started online, I was building a community And I started on Instagram and I started building this following and that company was called Chasing Dreams and Littles. And it was all about mom business owners. And that was what I was Like I was living in my life and my friends were doing it. I'm like this. I want to bring these women together. So I started on Instagram and I very quickly actually grew an online community on Instagram within maybe four months. I did grow that following to 6,000 people. I did a challenge and got maybe 300 people in a challenge and converted 10% of them into a membership. But the reality is I was making under a thousand dollars a month on this membership. This was clearly not a full-time thing, Right. At the same time, I had joined some online communities and was starting to build relationships and just get help, right? I was literally just being me. And I had started my first podcast and it was all about the brand. I was not front and center. My face was not there. There was no video. There was no pictures. This was just about the community and not about me. And it felt like growing this membership was so hard. The funny thing that happened was that from me starting to build relationships online, starting to ask for help, starting to help others and just be me in Facebook groups. I started getting asked to be on podcasts. My mentors asked me to speak at their event. All these people kept tagging me and DMing me looking for help with Instagram. And that was because I was showing and not telling. I was showing people through building my other business by using it, they could see me doing it. And that attracted them to me for that. So this was very fascinating to me. And I rode that wave for probably a year of like, okay, great. You want to learn Insta? Like, I will teach you this. But all of that to say, I never would have realized that one, that was how I was going to get attention from people online if I wasn't actually showing up and doing anything. Two, I don't think I would have realized that people would come to me for brand and marketing strategy. And they didn't realize that either. They were seeing it on Instagram, right? So really the clarity does come from the action. And I feel like the best way I can tell that to you is by showing through.
0: And it's so, so true. Sometimes we don't see, right? We don't see that. And what you're saying is the first place to go is what do people come to you for? So should people make a list of like, oh, I guess I'm the person in the room that people ask for directions or they want
1: advice or I'm the person who they come to to listen to them. Is that what you're suggesting? So if I was going to just throw out a couple ideas to get people started and get the creative juices flowing here is one, make a list of everything that yes, that people come to you for or hire you for. Maybe it's things that you're doing in your current job or past job, you know, side hustle things, any of that. And really think into not just the title, but what were you actually doing or what did you en- enjoy doing or the essence yes, of it. the yeah. core, like drill down in of what was really happening in those jobs or what are you just naturally good at? A lot of stay at home moms are doing all the, you know, juggling all these different things. So in your day to day life or job, what is that that you're doing? But I also think that it's good to take some assessments and get outside of our own, lens here. One of the assessments that I love is Gallup Strengths Finder. So it tells you your top five strengths. And when I first took this assessment, I was embarrassed of my strengths. <laughs> like, I got them and I'm like, these are horrible strengths. Like I wanted the other one, right? right? I'm like, yeah. these are not str- my number one strength. And the irony of this is not lost on me. My number one strength is positivity. And my initial thought was, that's not even a strength. Like, what is this? This like a fluffy strength, right? Which is not very positive of me to say. What I've learned now that I take clients through exercises like this too, is that everyone is embarrassed of their strengths. Everyone thinks, like wishes they got different strengths. And it's because our strengths are so ingrained in us that we take them for granted. So we don't view them as strengths because, of course, I'm positive, I don't know another way to be. So getting outside of our own lens is so important here because the thing that could be your magic, you don't even recognize as a strength because it's so close to you.
0: Oh my God, it's so true. And PS, like positivity, how could there be a more important strength because everything is energy, everything. 90% of everything is the person who's the most enthusiastic in the room and the most generous with their energy. That's it. Boom. But here, here's really what you're saying is that we're so close to these things and we are so quick to put ourselves down that we're like, why would I make a career out of that? That's just like the thing that I do. It's like, right. Why would you just make a career out of the thing that you do so well? Because we're constantly, constantly putting ourselves down and looking outside of ourselves. This person's got this and that's really a strength. Now, my question is some people are going to say, this is a little bit backwards because isn't it all about living life on your terms? Isn't it about just picking the thing that you want to do? Doesn't that feel counterintuitive that I want to build a life around what people need and want from me? that feels like. Is it about me or is it about them?
1: It's a relationship, right? It's a relationship and it has to be a give and take. And we have to be able to show up with what we bring to the table and crafting the business to work towards our strengths. So if like with with my top strengths, it's, I don't know the order, but positivity, ideation, strategic, futuristic, and winning others over. So knowing that those are my strengths, I have designed both my business and my marketing strategy to leverage those. It also means though that I need to see what do they need because me just putting together an offer that's all based on me is not going to serve anyone and selling is serving. People aren't going to buy just because they love me people are going to buy because I'm going to help them get something. I'm going to help them get a result. So finding that place where one, if we make it all about them and it is a slippery slope, like I mentioned with Instagram, that isn't, I never set out to do it and it wasn't my long-term strategy. I was able to leverage it to get me to a certain place in business, but that wasn't what I wanted to do. And it's important to realize that with that other business I had with chasing dreams and littles, everyone wanted help with time management. I'm like, I am not your girl for that right? So it's important that we show up and know how we can help people, but it's just as important to listen and truly listen to what people need and how you can take what you know or what you can do to help them solve that problem, whatever it is.
0: I'm just sitting here thinking this is one of my favorite episodes. I'm so happy you're here and so brilliant. This is the conversation everyone has to hear because you do have to serve bottom line a business means somebody else is paying you cuz they needed it they wanted it they're giving you money cuz they're they're letting you know i value this thing i'm going to give you money for it it's not just a patron it's not just like you go do you like that is not how businesses survive it's like you made something i loved and wanted and needed right but what if what if your strength is really doing math like that is it and you deeply deeply want to paint and you're like but I'm going to be honest. No, my strength is math and people want me to do math, but I'm like resistant to it. What do you do? Do you just then starve and try to become an actor, even though your strength is doing math? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I do think that people are wrestling with this. What
1: I'm just curious what your opinion is. Yeah. So I think that we all have multiple strengths, right? And there's many different directions and different business models and different ways that we could be making money or enjoying what we do and like fulfilling our purpose and passion and still having that be our source of revenue. Sometimes it just takes getting creative. So if math is your only expertise, Sometimes it's just the wrong environment or the wrong application of it. Like maybe there's a way to apply that into the art industry if that's where their purpose is. I think it's really important to think outside the box. Sometimes we are only surrounded by people doing things a certain way, like taking that math and applying it across all different industries. I'm sure there are really different creative ways that you could serve and do what you do best, but do it in a way where you feel like those numbers have meaning.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you're totally right. Okay. So the next question is now the person goes, okay, so we just talked about how do you choose it? Where do you start? Now the person's like, okay, I have an idea then of what that is, but I don't believe that I'm a go-to person. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have authority. Who am I to do this? There's already 15 people who do this. Why would anyone come
1: to me? So here's the thing with identity, because in that case, you're like, I'm not the authority, right? So now you've just taken an insecurity and you've made it part of your identity. And this is an important clarification here, because identity is based on belief. So if you don't believe it, you're not. But if you do believe it, then you are. And the possibilities are infinite, So the key here, and this is one of the big things I work with clients on, because becoming that go-to authority is not just about taking strategic action. I can lay out a perfect plan for someone and we can go through strategy by strategy and all the action items they need. But if they're sitting in that, if deep down they don't believe that they're worthy of that or that they have enough value to add or that they are that authority, they either won't do it. Or they'll do it, but it won't work. Because if they're not bringing that energy to it, especially with authority, I mean, authority is truly equal parts belief on both sides. So you need to believe it in order for other people to see that in you. If you're showing up with that energy of why would anyone hire me? no one's going to hire you. So this is just as much inner work. And I wish I, I will give some quick tips, but this is something that truly is a transformation and giving yourself that time and grace and making it a habit to step into this is what is the most important because it's true. What happens? I, it's a horrible example, but I do think it illustrates it kind of taking it outside of our industry for a minute is lottery winners. 70% of the big time lottery winners go bankrupt within five years, which is mind boggling to think about. But what happens is, is they are poor or have very little money to begin with. And then overnight they become a multimillionaire. Even though all that external evidence is there that they are a multimillionaire now, somewhere in their subconscious, it never caught up. They never owned that identity of being a millionaire. So things are going to happen. They're going to self-sabotage. They're spending money. They're doing all this stuff. And because they never made that identity shift within five years, they become bankrupt. I mean, it is devastating. And the same thing happens in business is if we're taking those actions and putting ourselves out there to build the business, but we don't do the inner work, even when that external evidence is showing us that we're an authority, that subconscious is going to pull us two steps back. Because we're still identifying as maybe that newbie in business or maybe that, that person in our last job. But if we let those past identities hold us back, we can never fully step into becoming that authority.
0: Yeah. And that's so huge. I mean, that's such a perfect example of it. I have heard that statistic. It's crazy. So what are some of the exercises or some of the, the ways that you can help us shift that? You practice.
1: So what you do is you start to want, you create a vision of who am I as that authority? What does that mean for me to be that? And then on a daily basis, you start practicing stepping into that identity. So our identity is based on what we think, what we feel, what we see, and what we do. So coming through that lens Being able to catch ourselves and saying, okay, as we have this thought of no one would pay me for this, is that the thought that an authority would have? No. So then we're starting to build awareness and shift those thoughts. Feelings, if we're starting to feel... I'm not good enough, or I'm not ready for this. Is that what someone who was the authority would say? No, and starting to to reframe those things as they come up. But I think the real power here is in the seeing and in the doing. So with seeing, it's how you're viewing opportunities, those decisions that you're making on a daily basis. When you're presented with things, putting on that authority hat and saying, okay, if I was the authority, let's just humor myself. I like to, and and I say that meaning like with the double meaning of humor yourself and do it, but also like have some fun with this. Like this can be heavy stuff. If you're really getting in your own head about stuff, it can feel really freaking heavy. So ha- like being able to kind of shake yourself out of it a little bit and, and, let some humor into this and say, okay, if I was the authority, would I apply to go on that podcast? Would I say yes to that speaking opportunity, even though I'm not ready yet? You start making decisions from a different place. Yep. And I think what I'm saying last, but is probably the best place to start, is with some small daily habits in the doing. So that person that you are as an authority, what do they do every day? And it could be as simple as what time do they wake up or how do they manage their inbox? You know, maybe it's just that shift of instead of just being reactive all day, you're now being intentional with your time, but being able to start one at a time layering in these habits, you literally are living through that person. And then you become that person. It's really, it's one day at a time. It is a long-term transformation, but stepping into it, you can't just sit there and think about it all day. <laughs> like literally stepping into it and embodying yep. that is how you have transformation. It's a hundred percent true. And, and I love all the things that you're suggesting and ways to reframe it. And then
0: you, you're saying, and the most important thing is the doing it because when we do things, we, we get to the moment and we realize, like, I can do this, but only through doing it. Because when you start doing something, I think some people are waiting for the fear to go away. And it doesn't go away. Doesn't. But when you do it scared, as Ruth Sukup says, and you do it scared and you do it scared and you do it scared, you just get less and less scared. You build more confidence and you build more clarity.
1: So I, I really love that. And you have to look for the evidence. Because a lot of times we have taken on something as our identity just because, right? Maybe we now say I'm a perfectionist or I'm a procrastinator or I'm a neat freak or whatever it is. We've taken on all these things as our identity. And when we're holding on to something that maybe is or isn't serving us as our identity, it's blocking us off from seeing other things. So looking for that evidence to start confirming that you are that thing. I won't tell the whole story because it's very long, but my husband took me on this amazing bucket list trip For him. It was his bucket list, not mine. (laughs) We went to a place called Havasupai Falls. We had to hike in 11 miles. We camped for three days, no toilets. Like this is roughing it. I am not a camping girl. I'm not a hiker. So I'm like, here I am. I'm not a hiker. What are you signing me up for? What are we doing? How am I going to survive this? And it was totally getting in my head. Now simultaneously while we're at the airport going to this trip, I get a text asking me to Give a keynote speech in front of 300 people. And I have never given a 45 minute straight motivational keynote before. With that, like, instantly I say yes. Like, it was not a question that I was going to give this keynote. Like, that was happening. I had no keynote written, I had no formal training on how to do a keynote. Like, n- like, it was happening. And looking back with speaking, the first time my mentors, Jill and Josh Stanton, with Screw the Nine to Five, they asked me to go to San Diego and speak at their event. and immediately i said yes and as soon as i came home from that event i logged into google i logged into my gmail and i changed my signature to add speaker to it i felt like a speaker and i had only spoken once right but i am, i took that on as my identity well now my husband taking me on this crazy trip and here i am like i'm not a hiker what are you doing what do, you know how are we going to survive this and I started putting together the pieces of, oh my gosh, I was in Girl Scouts and we would hike all of the time. We live miles down the road from a beautiful park where we go hiking with the kids all of the time. I start, I'm like, I have probably hiked dozens of, if not hundreds of times in my life. But for some reason, somewhere along the way, I took it on as my identity that I'm not a hiker. Whereas with speaking, I spoke once and here I am declaring to the world that I was a speaker, right? And I think this happens so often where we just accept something as our identity and we close off. All of the evidence, yep,
0: and all the possibilities, and we compare ourselves to other people. We're like, no, that person's a hiker, not you're me. of
1: a okay. hiker. right? I don't, so know. I don't look like a hiker. hiker. I'm not Same in the best. Don't
0: even call me that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Now I want to talk a little bit strategy because you are so good at ideas and you're so good at tactics, and this is really what you do so well. Is not only do you give people this sort of light bulb of possibility, but then you set them into motion. So, so many of our listeners, I would say almost all of them, they want to start their own thing. And so now let's say they, they get it. They're like, she's right. I'm going to move into action. What are some of those go-to things that I really should focus my time on if I'm going to start a business?
1: So here's a good way I want you to think about business models is that as you're out there saying, okay, I want to do this thing because I'm passionate about it. Or this is my purpose. Your business model is how you fulfill that purpose. And there's many different ways to do that and it will likely change. And I actually think that where people go wrong with this is, listening to podcasts, or maybe people are a couple steps ahead, or maybe they're following other people who are way further ahead and seeing what they're doing with their offers that they're getting ready to scale and skipping the messy part. And I see so many people now saying, oh, I need to have a productized service, or I need to have this perfectly packaged offer. And what happens is, is all by themselves, or maybe with their coach, they craft this perfect thing Behind the scenes, and then they announce it to the world and they try to shove it down everyone's throats, and it's not actually what anybody wants. And then you feel like a big, giant failure, and you go back to your job. <laughs> and, this, and I've seen this happen so many times. And I think people take it personally in that case, right? Of like, I tried, it didn't work, or maybe there's something wrong with me, or I'm not cut out for this. And that is just not the case. So, whatever it is that your thing is that you're still trying to figure out, one, I just like, like we talked about with the possibilities are endless, the possibilities are endless for business models too. So I'm sure you have ideas for how you can start packaging this. I am all about serving that client or customer first. And how can you get them that result that they want, whether it is a delicious donut or whether it is, you know, creating a website for them, whatever it is that you're doing of thinking about, okay, what do they need and how can I take what I do and serve them with this at the highest level? How can I fully solve this problem for them and and think through that lens. But here's the thing, without actually talking to these people, you're very unlikely to come up with the best solution for this. And this is why I'm a huge proponent of getting on the phone with people Mm -hmm. And that's when you start to see the patterns is when you're talking to multiple people. But the same is true for if you're selling a product or artwork, talking to multiple people gives you that insight to say, okay, this isn't just what my best friend thinks, but now I'm seeing a trend or a pattern across the board. So
0: what's that first tactical step of starting to understand and get the insight and feedback and mar- market research. What do we do first? Let's say you're the person who makes donuts, right? Okay, I make donuts. What do I do, Kath? What's my business model? So, step
1: one is like, who's it for? I think, right? Right. And here's the thing you might have an idea of, oh, like, I think these people need donuts, right? But until you start actually selling the donuts, you may not know. But I actually, one of my neighbors is a baker. She doesn't make donuts, but she does make. Cookies and cakes, and she started baking from her home. So start there. Don't go lease space. So start doing that and start to see who's buying the donuts, who has the biggest order, who needs donuts the most, and just start having conversations with the people who are buying. And everywhere you go, talk about what you do. Where would you even, people are gonna say, Where would I even get my first buyer? Like, what does that mean? Okay, so well, first, your friends and family, but think strategically too of who do you think might need donuts or cookies with my neighbor. She, her kids are playing sports. So she started bringing cookies to the games. And then someone said like, Oh, it'd be cool if you could put the team logos on the cookies. And same thing. People were started buying cookies for different events and they're like, oh, it'd be cool if you could put our company logo on the cookies. And what she realized is she got this machine to be able to put logos on the cookies. And that part of the business, one was taking off the fastest because whether it was the corporations, or the sports teams, or the charity events, everyone loved having the ability to personalize that cookie, right? It was also the part of the business that was the most profitable and scalable.
0: Oh, good. So then step one is you're
1: going to test it. You're going to you're find some it. customers. Don't try to be the go-to gal out of the gate. I think that's the key thing is it's okay to just try stuff. That's how you're going to learn. Okay.
0: So you start to do it and then you get the feedback. And then what's and the next be- thing? Like when let's say it's a service base. Heard- so that could be a yoga teacher. That could be a home organizer. That could be a person who builds your
1: website. Now you want to take this to the next level. So now you think of how do we get this result for multiple people? How can we make a bigger impact and restructure this to get that same result but in a different way? So for, for product, for the donut, maybe that means catering or doing events or you know getting outside the box in that way and not selling one by one to individuals. For service-based, that could mean taking it online how, or maybe scaling an agency. It could mean a digital course. It could mean keeping it one-to-one and hiring other people that you're training yeah. and certifying in your area of expertise. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it, but I think going one step at a time and getting that feedback both in what's getting people that, that result where, and and also what do you enjoy doing? And also what works for revenue and just constantly checking in with that, but getting outside of your own head to be able to look in and say, okay, where can we do less, but have more Impact. Yeah. The key is that you got to start a little messy because otherwise you never get to that gold. Like my neighbor would have never known that there was this big opportunity with putting the logos on the cookies if she didn't get out there and make a whole bunch of cookies and see that those were the ones people were drawn to. Yep.
0: Now, sort of rounding this out as we're closing out, one of your specialties is branding. And people don't necessarily really understand sales or really understand how branding and sales like, actually is becomes a really important piece. The storytelling, the branding, that's a lot of the sale already, right? And you're so good at that. So as you're building whatever business, what are some important things to keep in mind to make sure
1: that that really is dialed in? Sure. So the subtext to to that business model conversation is that you're likely niching either in what you're offering or in who you're offering it to and many times a combination of both. And with that level of specificity, it allows you to truly speak to that person in a way that resonates with them on a level that you just can't do when you're trying to talk to everyone. So that part is so so key. The other thing here was that when you have this specific niche, now every single time you make what you make or you have a client, you get better for the next client because you are doing that same thing over and over again. And you're going to see those patterns. You're going to get better insights. You get better and you naturally become more of an authority, right? But outside of this, I would say I have my authority armor framework, which I will briefly go through. It's essentially how you tell that story, how you show that story and not just tell that story so people understand that you're that authority. So it's Armor is, is an acronym and A stands for that authority brand and that is really being clear on who you're talking to, what your message is, what you stand for, not being afraid to take that stand and repel those people who don't align but really massively magnetically attract those people that do the R is for the right offer in front of the right audience. And that takes time, but that's really figuring out what that business model is, how you're going to package that thing up in a way that is truly irresistible to them and who that person is that is going to pay you top dollar and go crazy for it and keep coming back. The M is the mindset. And that is truly stepping into that identity of being an authority the O is leveraging other people's platforms. So not doing everything on your own, but truly getting out there and being on podcasts or being on the media and TV, writing articles, getting out there and leveraging other people's existing platforms to go where that person already is and not feeling like you have to create it all from scratch Mm -hmm. yourself. And then the last R is probably my favorite of all of them. And that is relationships. Relationships go such a long way and really looking outside of the all of the other things and saying, okay, who can I connect with? Whether it's your customer, whether it's sometimes it's a competitor, but where are their mutual synergies? Who else is in your industry and what relationships can you build that you can really grow together.
0: I love it so much. It's so good. As far as branding, because you do have a background being such an expert in the Instagram space. So what are some of the
1: things to think about in doing that well in social media and doing that well on Instagram? Totally. So the best advice I can give is the show don't tell. So if you want your followers or whatever they're called on that platform, let's give another example of an industry here. So for the home organizing space, instead of saying, of getting on there and saying, we love to organize places so they look really great. Maybe that's the message you want to get across, but by saying it, there's a disconnect. So write those things down. What do you want people to think, right? What do you want people to know about your business? And then think how you can tell that story. So instead of saying, we build relationships with our clients, where's a client that you can tell that story? And actually my, my uncle is a doctor and I just went through brainstorming some ideas for him. And he had this picture of, of him with his patient from 30 years ago and with her daughter who's pregnant and he OBGYN. And so he delivered this 30 year old girl 30 years ago and now she's pregnant and he's going to deliver her baby. And there's such a powerful story here. Instead of just saying it, tell the story of, how incredible this feels to stand next to my client from thirty years ago, yeah, who yeah. I had delivered her baby, and now she's here getting ready to give birth to her baby yeah. and I'm so honored to be able to serve multiple generations of women
0: there's feelings in it, right yes, like someone sweet. told me the other day that facts tell, but stories sell because we are not buying things we buy feelings, and so oh, it's some specific thing to to connect to and it starts to make you feel things. that's beautiful and that's definitely something huge that people should think about in in their online work, in their branding work is like tell your story, share stories. Share
1: your client stories, right? I think the biggest mistake people make with having a personal brand or becoming the authority is making it all about them it's not about you. It's about how you help people. It's about the people that you're talking to. So sharing it and showing it through that lens is what invites them into the conversation where they actually care and they want to pay attention. Mm,
0: So good. And that also takes so much of the anxiety out of it because it's really not about you having to prove yourself all the time. It's really about other people shining a light on how you're just there to serve other people. And that's so beautiful. (laughs) Tell us where we can find you, where we can find your podcast, where we can find your work and any of the other things that you offer.
1: Absolutely. All right. So definitely find me at the GoToGal podcast on, on all places where podcasts are heard. And we put out new episodes every Monday and Thursday. And then I actually have a freebie for anyone listening today. If you go to com forward slash Kathy, you will find it's my 30 day of authority building action plan. So essentially it's having me, in your pocket for 30 days, telling you oh. what to do every single day for 30 days on both the inner work, the mindset and the action taking to be building your authority. It is I so powerful. Up. I want it. I'm not joking.
0: <laughs> that, is true. I'm sign up. that is awesome. Thank you for creating that freebie. Thank you for being here. Thank you for everything. I just love you. I love your energy and I love everything you shared. It was so good. Oh, thank you, Kathy. I love being here
1: and I could talk to you all day too.
0: Amazing. Jacqueline's awesome, right? All right. Here are some takeaways. Number one, be willing to try and fail. Number two, nobody ends where they start. You have permission to pivot. Number three, clarity comes from action. Number four, sometimes we need to get out of our own lens to recognize our strengths. We take them for granted. Number five, business is a relationship. It's not all about you. It's about how you can help other people. Number six, identity is based on your belief. So believe that you are, look for the evidence. Number seven, show, don't tell. And number eight, you have to get messy if you want to get to that gold. All right, let's celebrate some wins. So Joey posted on our Facebook group and he said, here is my win of the week. I am one of those people that always talked about writing books and never wrote much. So I decided to sort of wage war on perfectionism and risk by making something terrible every day. I also scaled down my expectations by just posting small essays that I spent around 30 minutes writing. I posted in this group, and when I had the minimum required pages, I collected them into a book. It was really an effective experiment, and this exercise has changed my life. I'm really excited to have finished a thing and can't wait to do more. That's so cool, Joey. I love this idea of waging war on your perfectionism, and based on what you told us, I think you were totally winning that battle." Such a cool project to give yourself. And actually, I would encourage everyone to follow Joey's challenge and make something terrible every single day. You never know what magic you're going to end up creating. You can go check out Joey's book on Amazon. It's called What the Helpish, Volume 1. The Brain Drippings of a Professional Amateur. Joey, way to go. All right, here's the next win. Zanetta, who we had on the show back in January, shared this inspiring update. She said, Hi, everyone. Just wanted to post a little encouragement. I'm the founder of Kitty Town Coffee. We're a coffee roastery that makes coffee named after cats. A picture came up on my memories today. Just two years ago, I was using a Sharpie to handwrite coffee blend names on paper bags. Today, we just put in an order for 20,000 custom printed bags. It's so easy to get caught up in your everyday struggles and be hard on yourself for not going fast enough or being good enough. That's why it's important to take time to just remember how far you've come and give yourself grace for the things you are learning right now. That is so true, Zanetta. You are so right. We are so quick to move that goalpost further and further, but it is so important to stop and recognize how much growth we've made. It's also incredible to see how far you've come since I've interviewed you, and I have no doubt you're going to continue to keep going. You guys can go give Zanetta some love. Her website is kittytowncoffee.com, and if you haven't already, you should go listen to her episode on this podcast. It's called How Cats and Coffee Inspired a Thriving Business, and It's So Good. I also want to give a shout out to the five people who won last week's giveaway. If you remember, we did a special giveaway to celebrate our 200th episode. And one of the prizes was that the winners would get a big thank you on the podcast. So first we have Miriam, who is a super talented embroidery artist. You guys can check out her work on Instagram at slow underscore evenings underscore embroidery. And you can find her on Etsy. Her store is called Slow Evenings. Such beautiful stuff. Go check it out. And then there's Michael. Michael, you actually heard on the podcast a couple of times in my coaching calls. He's a songwriter, musician, storyteller, and one of the most honest good souls I've had the pleasure of knowing. You can check out all the awesome things he's doing by following him on Instagram at Michael Averill Music, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-V-E-R-I-L-L Music. And Sarah Swisher Johnson at sarah.swish is another winner. She's an awesome supporter of female businesses. And she says she's living life in beta, which I just love. So go check out what she's up to. And then there's Rhea Stevens, a singer, songwriter, and performer with an amazing voice. You can check out her work at rheastevens.com and follow her on Instagram at Stevens Rhea, And Rhea is spelled R-E-H-Y-A. And last but certainly not least, I want to give a shout out to Olga. She's a holistic wellness and nutrition coach and one of the biggest cheerleaders of this podcast. You should go check her out on Instagram at Olga Gervish, G-I-R-S-H-E-V-I-C-H. Thank you so much to all of you who entered the raffle. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting this show. It means the world. If you have a win that you want to share with us, let us know in our Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group or DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller. I do read every message and respond to every message. So I'm always there to support you, to cheer for you, to give you some strength. I'd also love if you could subscribe to the show wherever you listen so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes and leave a rating. Go ahead and leave a review. And if you heard something in this episode or last week's episode or any episode that really felt like it lit you up, please take a second right now and share it with someone because maybe they're feeling down. Maybe they might need a little spark in their day and perhaps the show will just give them that little extra encouragement that they didn't even know they needed. Thank you guys for listening. I'll leave you with a song of mine, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Have an amazing weekend.
2: Who knows what tomorrow holds? So don't hold back your heart. We are not meant to.